Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, but I grew up with a dad who didn't feel like wanted, loved, communicated to. That leads into communication, sure. words and things, right? Um, and also like getting older and understanding, well, his dad's experience. But basically, you know, you, I have a father who wasn't raised by either of his parents, like in a significant sort of way. Sure. And what that does to a young person and how you communicate, how you feel, if you don't feel like your feelings are very important anyway. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's important for me to hear my dad when he says, both of his parents have now passed away. His mother just passed away uh, last year. Mm. And he says, and now I can never really know why she didn't want me. Welcome to the Dear Son podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. All right. Welcome to the Dead Sun Podcast. This is a safe space where men have meaningful but vulnerable conversations about the fatherhood journey. Sometimes those conversations are heavy. Sometimes they're light. Change from guest to guest. I never know until we start the show. It's going to be a great one because what else would we do on this platform? We got Coach David Jones in the building, in the studio. That's becoming a thing too. More studio guests. Welcome to the Dear Sun Podcast. How are you, my brother? Doing well. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. David Jones, Coach David Jones. I am excited about this conversation because I love your post. And your post on Instagram, I'm sure, is just a very small view, small part of what your, your life perspective is. But some of the things that you post make people think. And sometimes people don't want to think. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, how you view the world, man. How would you describe your worldview and why you are such a thought-provoking individual? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that I was an only child for the first nine years of my life mm. um, with parents that worked a lot. And I grew up around like my great grandmother. So I had to be comfortable spending a lot of time by yeah. myself and thinking about things. Yeah. Especially like, you know, if your grandmother is 75, you can't do a lot but talk and think. Yeah. Um, at that point in life. So that's one. And then two is I'm I'm very optimistic. I agree. Um, but I'm also very uh rough. Mm. 
Rough? Yeah. What do you mean by rough? Um, I don't really relent too much on I can be very rigid. Okay. About like a, a thought process. Okay. So um I'm really big into ideas. Yeah. I spend a lot of time thinking. Ideation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like just thinking about like how I'm thinking. Even. Thinking about how I'm thinking. Yeah. Guys, buckle up. We're just getting started. <laughs> thinking about how I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. I actually get that, but one would have to stop long enough to understand why that's important. Exactly. Why is that important to you? Um, I don't think so, you know, I'm an engineer by background. So okay. I'm not saying that this is a result of being an engineer. I had a certain personality that made me inclined for that sort of study and work. Yeah. So I just would I want to use that as a framework to say that I think that Understanding how something is, how it works, mm -hmm. is a lot more important than just that it works. Got it. So, if I understand how I think, yeah, uh, it helps me in business. It can help me in my marriage mm. to think through if there's a situation, how would I process through that, and am I happy with how I've been thinking through it? Mm. That leads me to some like. Uh, Outcome that's mm -hmm. predictable. Okay. All right. So you. All right. We've 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 got to peek into to the parts of the story that we want to dive into. You're married. Uh, you grew up as an only child for for a, a good portion uh, yeah. of your life. Um, grandmother's important. I want to touch on that as well. Right. Let's go back to that 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 home alone. Well, not home alone, but that yeah. only child uh, phase of your life. Where did you grow up? In Arkansas. Arkansas. Uh -huh. I know nothing about Arkansas. Is that Pine Bluff? Is that a place in Arkansas? It is a place. That well, two. I'm one for one so far. What was I'm life from PB? Oh, that's what they called it, the PB. Yeah. The, the PB. Okay, that, that's a lot of names. Okay, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with PB. Okay, I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Tell us about what what area you're from and what, what was that life like? Okay, so the the nearest frame of reference would be Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, a whole nother state. Well, I grew up about an hour. Okay. So okay. that's like the nearest thing that people would gotcha. have a reference point. Gotcha. So uh, I grew up in northeastern Arkansas. Okay. It's very, um, by Arkansas standard, it's a city mm -hmm. uh, that I grew up in, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Okay. But it's a, uh, you know, it's a pretty rural place. It's, uh, you know, if we're looking at history, there's a lot of you know, farming. There's a lot, of course, as it relates to black people. Yeah. I grew up in the Mississippi Delta. Okay. So it's, you know, it wasn't that long ago that pretty much everybody in my family was a farmer. Yeah. Um, either by choice or by force. Right. So, you know, it's it's a it's an interesting place to grow up. There's a lot of history in terms of music and culture. Yeah. So, you know, Al Green, he used to uh and I don't remember this vividly. Yeah. But my pastor, when I was a kid, out there were good friends. Al oh. Green's like 45 minutes from where I'm from. Okay. Think about Johnny Taylor. He's like 30 minutes oh, from where I'm from. I thought I had a song. I thought I had a song. I lost it. Last $2, everything's out in the open. Okay. So me. I'm going to go, I'm gonna have to go revisit it. I'm familiar with the name, but I couldn't. I can't bring a, a song to memory. How, how much of that was, um, like, do you remember it being... Very musically influenced at a young age was that part of your, oh, yeah. part of your life? Yeah, so like uh, you know, I produce music still. Oh, okay, and I enjoy that. My mother um, was like the choir director. Mm. My grandfather was the minister of music. Okay, my my grand my mother's from Little Rock, Arkansas. Gotcha, Central Arkansas, C much closer to Palm Bluff. 
Okay. And uh, so you like this growing up around that, my dad is a minister. Mm. Um, so growing up in church around music, always being able to play instruments, have them available to mm-hmm. play, which which is I think can be um it does a lot for your creativity. Okay. In general. What what did you play or play around with? Uh my first instrument was the drums. Okay. I think a lot of young boys in church like gravitate towards that. Yeah. It's like easy to get on. You could just grab is it sticks though? and hit it. It I mean it, it's a it looks that way. My cousin is pretty well, he was nice when we were young. I don't know yeah. if he still plays, but just like if he did every four things are doing different things, yeah. right? It's but hard, they, to but it play. all makes sense. But it's easiest to get into. Gotcha. Because it's not like a you just you just get on there. Gotcha. And someone shows you something basic, and you can just kind of let your energy out. And that's the one place, right? When you're a little boy, yeah, where you could be loud, true, and rambunctious, true, and it's very celebrated. true. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, hit the drums. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, hey, sit down. Gotcha. Gotcha. What what else did you uh what what else did you did you gravitate toward work 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 yeah oh I- instruments oh okay instruments um so a, a piano keyboards I played the trumpet euphonium wow. in high school um that's that's primarily it so okay drums keys is kind of my primary thing and then I was you know I played trumpet and euphonium at a reasonably high level in okay. high school. Nice. So you said work. Yeah. Why was work so important early on? Um, and what did you see modeled in terms of shaping that importance? So uh, my my parents, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to start there. Okay. Is My mother's been in business as a hairdresser for probably 40, 45 years now. Okay. Her mother's been in business for over 60 years. She still goes to work every day. Um, they're they're both business owners. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're both hairdressers. Oh, okay. So my mom saw her mom doing that, so she did the same thing, sort of thing. I grew up with the dad. He's been at his job since the same job since he was eighteen years old. He's still living. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. still at that job every day. Wow. And my dad has also always got like something going on. Wow. On side. So my dad now what he does, um, I'll get to that real quick. Is so when I was. I was always interested in like making my own money in yeah. business. It was just always in work. It was that's all my parents did when I was growing up. Like they went to work all day. Yeah. My dad would go to his real job, then his second job, then his whatever other hustle he got going on. So I grew up with parents that were working 16, 18 hours a day. Wow. Six days a week, seven days a week. Wow. So it's just like that's what you do. Yeah. You just work. So I wanted to work. So when I was 10, I was like, Dad, I want to, you know, move yards. So, you know, you loaned me 10 bucks to buy more, which was, you know, when you're 10. 10 you know, bucks to buy a mower. Right. This is in the 90s. So I, it's yeah, like, I was, I was, I was around there. Wow, you're you're uh resourceful. <laughs> it, <laughs> to that it didn't seem like it at the time. It yeah. didn't seem like a like, man, this is a huge that's like spending a million dollars to me at the time. Wow. So he loaned me the 10 bucks. I made it back in you know, a couple hours or something. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I'm getting over on people. I'm mowing their whole yard for a quarter acre for five bucks. And I'm thinking I'm breaking the bank. Five bucks. Yeah. How old are you? 10. How old are you now? 33. No way that made sense. $5. It made great sense to me. At the Even time. the 10 dollars. I am basically 10 years older than you. Uh-huh. And my father tried to create 
a lawn service for me, but I didn't see it. Got it. I thought it was punishment. Yeah. Like he'd come home and say, well, you got this yard to cut, and I would begrudgingly do it. What he was trying to tell me is, you don't need to cut all the time. Get some of your friends, get some other people to cut, and then you start to manage it and you grow it and you can have this very successful thing. My problem was, I know he didn't do it. Mm. So how can you tell me to do something you didn't do Yeah, and be successful? Yeah. Anyway, I hijacked that, but no, man, you thought okay. a $10 lawnmower and that, ooh. Well, I will. I got to give That's my dad credit. My dad found it for me. Yeah. But it was like the impetus of- Yeah. I never grew up with like a- uh, when it came to business, mm -hmm. like I want to do something, I could do it. Figure it out. Or not just figure it out. My parents would empower me. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was just never my, my mom and I talk about this sometimes. Yeah. And like, I would just like try an idea, like network marketing. Oh, I didn't work. Let me just move on to the next thing. Yeah. So I probably started, you know. My dad tells me, he's like, yeah, when I turned 30, he's like, you know, people don't understand. They might look at you and be like, oh, you're doing all this at a young age. It's like, no, I've been I've already been working for 20 years straight. True. Of not like, I didn't take spring breaks in college. Gotcha. I went to work. Gotcha. Every break, except for one. What was the most interesting business that you started but didn't continue? I don't know. They're all they're all cumulative in effect. Okay. Um, that's my opinion. Yeah. So they all make sense in terms of where you are today. What you gained from it was what you needed. To some extent. To some extent. Or to at least know what path not is not for me. Yeah. It's not well suited for my personality or for my skills. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to college? Yeah. Where where'd you go? University of Arkansas. University of Arkansas. What did you what did you study? Industrial engineering. So and then you placed in that industry. After you graduated, you that's the industry, your initial industry. I started going? Yeah, in okay. while I was in college, like internships. Okay. I actually started out as a I wanted to design prosthetics, like prosthetic limbs. Yeah. That was my initial dream. I don't know why. I was about to say why. And I mean it's, it's it's it was in vogue at the time. I'm not gonna lie. Really? Yeah. It was just like a, a cool, nerdy thing to do at the time. That was the thing. Yeah. So then I, I started out doing a different sort of engineering. Okay. And I realized like I care about business. Yeah. And uh, industrial engineering is basically business engineering. Yeah. Basically. Okay. So I was like, this is great. It's like having a business degree, but the respect of an engineering degree. Mm -hmm. So it was nice at the time. All right. Before we get there or continue there, uh, you brought up your grandmother. It sounds like you spent a lot of time and it makes sense if your parents were always working. Yeah. Talk about that influence that that time which your grandmother had on your life growing up and even now. You know, I think that there's um, a certain pragmatism that comes with age that's helpful for a young person to see. And that is that um, I can. And then this is me looking back at this, sure, sure, realizing sure. this in real time. But having a great grandmother, not just a grandmother, a great grandmother. Wow. Who also raised my father. Gotcha. Um, and not just like I had both my parents, so they raised me, but yeah, you know, yeah. like spending the time. But she really did raise my father. Um, by and large part. And it's saying that there's things that you go through in life, but it will pass. And it's important to really latch on to your key prince principles that you lead your life by. Yeah. And that's something she didn't budge on. And I think, you know, it's easy to look at your parents when you're a kid and not realize they're like 20, 30 year olds yeah. trying to figure out life. They're growing up too. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then you have this great grandmother who's like, who can see it? Like, yeah, it'll be fine. Vantage point is very different. And she's giving me these lessons that's helping me to like almost fast track certain experiences. That's the whole point of this podcast, yeah. right? Is to is to collapse the timeline of obtaining information that you need early in life yeah. to avoid things that prolong the disruptive parts of your life because yeah. you're you you don't have information, you don't have access to information, or like in my case, you you didn't want the information. Yeah. I think that's really um really interesting that your your great grandmother raised your father. Yeah. Also very influential into how you were raised, correct? Yeah. How much, how similar are you and your father? We're the same person. I expected that. Yeah. How much does she have to do with that? A lot. Talk about it. So um, my great-grandmother was a woman of uh, a, few, a few words, generally speaking. Okay. Very loving person. Yeah. But, you know, she said what she meant, and, and that was that. Yeah. She she was like, it's not complicated. That's what I said. I like you, I like you, I don't, I don't. Okay. Got it. Keep pushing on with your life. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm very like black and white in yeah. the regard of being like, what did you mean? Well, I said exactly, you know, what I meant at that time. Yeah. There's nothing left to interpret. That The and words are the words. Not to me. Right. Okay. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's what I said. How did that facilitate... Um, the way that you and your dad communicate, are y'all are y'all that similar in terms of less words is more impactful? What, what was the communication so, like with you and your dad growing so up? So I think we need to back into that a little bit more. Let's hear it. So my dad was born to very young parents. Okay. Okay. So my grandmother and my grandfather, they were like, you know, probably 14, 15 when they started having kids. Got it. My dad is the second oldest of all their kids together. So- for frame of reference, my grandfather has like had like close to thirty, and then my grandmother has another ten. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so yeah. we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna breeze through that. Your grandfather produced thirty children that he that he was aware of before he died. We don't even have to qualify it. Yeah. 30, 30, 30 for thirty. Good gracious! <laughs> yeah. Good. Was he able to have a relationship with with them? Yeah. So that's that's why I want to. Okay, I want to back into it because this is something I'm um, constantly unpacking. Okay, now as because it, it influences how I interact with people now. Got it. Um, having this kind of thing with my dad of uh, you know being born very young parents, it's a different time. This is the fifties. Yeah. Um, than now, and whatever that turmoil is, all I can tell you for sure. I, I didn't have a, a, a tremendous relationship with either of my grandparents. Now their their parents, my great grandparents, yeah. yeah, because they were still in my hometown, and I just like knew them more. Okay, particularly my uh, my grandfather's mother, who raised me a lot. I had okay. a lot of time with her. Um, but I grew up with a dad who didn't feel like wanted, mm. loved, communicated to. Your dad didn't experience that as he was growing up. No, so it, that that was your experience. No, no, no. That was that was my dad's experience. Your dad's experience. Okay. So that leads into communication, sure. words, and things, right? Um, and also like getting older, understanding, well, his dad's experience, which all leads back to my great grandmother as well. Well, not all 
her portion of it, yeah. of this story. But basically, you know, you, I have a father who wasn't raised by either of his parents, like in a significant sort of way. Sure. And what that does to a young person and how you communicate, how you feel, if you don't feel like your feelings are very important anyway. Mm. And then, well, how would you raise your son? Right. You know, from that perspective. So it's not necessarily that less is more. It's just that less is all you have sometimes. Got it. To communicate. Have you and him had this conversation about that? I listen. I listen. Um, I, I learned, you know, I have a mother that's very communicative. Communicative. Yeah. And uh, very like out, like she's going to be in the mix sort of okay. thing. And that's um, it's like stark contrast to my dad. And it's when you grow up in that, and I, I have the personality of my dad. Yeah. And especially as I became a man myself to realize that sometimes I just want to be heard. Hmm. So it's important. And not like her in a way that um, I think that, you know, I have this conversation with my wife. It's very different when I think a woman wants to be heard and a man wants to be heard. Yeah. That can mean. And, uh, you know, it's important for me to hear my dad when he says, both of his parents have now passed away. His mother just passed away uh, last year. Hmm. And he says, and now I can never really know why she didn't want me. No one ever explained to me. Wow. Right? And it's one of those things is being an adult now going through life. Life is going fast. You're trying to figure it out. Yeah. And not thinking like, oh, there's this person that's being impacted by what I am or am not saying. That's going to have a, a lasting impact on them. Yeah. And I'm very thankful to have a dad that was through those experiences was like super committed to this being, and this is something my dad says. He says, you know, I may not be able to communicate and I know I don't always do everything right, but what one thing I will always be is there. That's important. And it is important. And yeah. I appreciate that more and more Yeah, as I've gotten older. But, it, I, and I assume it's more than there and just a physical presence. There there in terms of i am here for you if you need me as well mm -hmm. was that was that the 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 message that he was communicating and did he show that through his actions that it was more than just a physical presence this was oh yeah my dad is like i always wanted to be just like my dad that's that's I, dope. I thought my dad was like uh my dad told me a story so this will help frame how i view my that's dad. here so when i was a kid I would break things. I've always been very inquisitive. Like, I'll take it apart. That's me too. And I would take it to my dad and be like, if I can't fix it, my dad can fix it. Got it. Right? And if my friends broke things and their dads couldn't fix it, that's okay. My dad can fix it. Your dad was the guy. In my mind. Yeah. So my dad said, he said, you know, you would bring me this stuff and you would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. You have all your friends' bikes and be like, y'all broke them. And you were like, I told them, don't worry about it. My dad can fix it. <laughs> I don't know anything about this stuff. Oh, yeah. so, you know, I might just throw it away and buy you a new one. You don't know the difference. Yeah. But I didn't want to let you down. <laughs> wow. So I grew up with this thing like my dad can do anything. Can do anything. Yeah, my dad can. He knows everything. How much of that is why 
you think the way you think? A lot of it is uh, I'm very self-assured okay. in what I know. Yeah. Um, it, about the things that I feel very confident about. So okay. Talking about business here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For talking about like my ability to be aware about how the people feel, how yeah. I'm pretty, I feel pretty like lacking in that area. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. It's just part of who I am. You're aware. At this point. You're very aware. Um, that void. Did, what did your father show emotion a lot growing up? My dad doesn't show a lot of emotion now. Yeah. But he always gave me space to express my emotions. Really? Yeah. I think I think it's beautiful, but t- like it's more often than not, in my opinion, the cycle repeats. It can't. more often than it than it breaks. And it sounds like he was he was determined for it to be different for you, even though consciously aware. Very. Very consciously aware. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's told me this as I've become a, a full adult. Yeah. Of being like I knew that what it felt like to feel like I want my dad to pick me up and to listen to me and to hear me when I'm crying. Yeah. But then like having, you know, my granddad, was, you know, he, was a, he was a rolling guy. Yeah. He's yeah. out there. The 30s. And not just that, yeah. but also, you know, substance abuse. Okay. Alcohol abuse. He okay. was like really living. He was out a there. Pretty rough life. He, he died very young. He was out here. As, my dad is older day. now. Than your father, than grandfather was when he died. I met that same. Woo, glad you said. Not glad that you said that, but since you said it, mm-hmm. I am at the age. I'm within five years of very significant events in my dad's life and his dad's life. His dad passed from it, so they yeah. both had cancers. Mm. My dad, ah, it's the forties. Oh, I think his father had it at forty-seven. He had it at. I might be messing up. I think his dad had somewhere between 47 and 50. He had it somewhere between 43 and 46. I'm 42. Mm. Right. And I remember vividly when my father went through the surgery and the recovery, how distant I was from him at that time that I didn't even know how to be there for. Yeah. And it resulted in a lot of guilt for a lot of years. On your behalf. On my behalf. Right. Because- I mean, the, the stories in the in, in the in the episodes, but I just created this distance because I didn't. I thought I knew more than I did, right? I didn't want to live by his rules. I couldn't wait to get out the house, and through that process, I spent more time embarrassed about that, mm-hmm. and still not seeking information from him or getting to know him so that I can understand me. And it just went on for years. And we finally talked about it. It was like, man, we had way more in common. There were things that I was prone to. Well, I don't know. I could say I'd get some, I'm on the fence about because my your parent did it, you're probably going to do it too. I don't know. That's probably science to, to, to back some of that up, depending on what the thing is. But he had experiences that were more relatable than I gave him credit for. Yeah. So I just went out and experienced it, right? It, he could have told me that if you run in, if you run into the wall, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, I, I didn't want to hear it. I just wanted to run into the wall to see yeah. if it hurt. So, how do you feel about this stage of life with you being in a space? Your father is older now than his father was when he died. Yeah. What age was your grandfather when he died? 
About 60. I remember I was in high school. Okay. It's my senior year of high school. One thing that, that I didn't give my, my, my father credit for or the grace that he needed was he my, his father died when he was 20. My, my dad was 20 years old when his father died. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a father as a man. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be a man that didn't want a father. Yeah. So that, that we were at this impasse where he didn't have a reference for how to give that information to a man. Mm-hmm. And and also his father wasn't a communicator. Yeah, he did right. He 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 worked. He provided, and that was the extent of, for the most part, of how he showed love or demonstrated affection. That yeah. that that he loved his family, like the functional aspect. The functional family. aspect. Mm. And I find that for me, when I became a husband, I became a husband and a father at the same time. Blended family. Um, right. I was good at the mechanics, yeah, because I thought that's what that's what fatherhood was, or being a husband mm-hmm. was or is. How do you navigate being a husband? How do you navigate being a man today? Um, I, I want to spend some time on the husband, yeah, because that's very important to me. Yeah, so extremely. I've been with my wife for. Uh, a little over 11 years. Okay. And we've been married for a little over 8. Mm. And I'm it's it's funny that, you know, learning as a husband to think like I'm a very when I think I know I I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> and then to realize when like, I'm I'm not sure that I I know who you are right now. And not in a You've changed, like people should evolve. That was my first revelation as a husband is that people evolve. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not making make light of it. Including my yeah. parents, right? It's like yeah. I lived this whole thing and like my parents are these static beings that don't change. Yeah. When they rather they've been changing the whole time. Yeah. And you wake up one day and like, wait a minute, I don't I don't know this person. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I know the essence of you, but all these other characteristics, I don't know. Yeah, I'm evolving. I'm not who I was. Yeah, so that looks weird to somebody who saw me ten years ago and sees me now. I was a completely different person ten years ago than I am now. Yeah, um, but as a husband now, it's it's interesting in that I'm learning, and it's very challenging for me, um, especially being like a, a pretty like I've had a, a decent amount of success in my career. Before I started my business, I've had some good success in my business so far. Of realizing, like, I have to give my wife space to grow, to feel. Um, I'm uncomfortable. I'm comfortable with a person expressing their feelings yeah. towards a result. Okay. I'm uncomfortable with a person expressing their feelings. And feeling feelings for feeling sake. And that's and that's where it stops at that point. Yeah. Yeah. With my with my wife, you know, taking care of her mother and, and understanding how emotionally trying that experience is. Um outside of my own journey of finding ways to process and inf- like I'm always on this mission to yeah. process information in a way that I feel is better for me. Um and you know, developing this worldview that having unregulated emotions is usually not all that helpful or productive. Yeah. 
Um, but also understand like some people just need to like you need to feel your feelings and that's gonna look different for everybody. Sure. And it can be tough as a husband to be like I wanna say as a husband, for me as a husband, to be like, well, what if this was I'm like, oh, I would just do this, this, and this. Even with your mom, yeah. With 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 you, I would do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's not that I don't care. It's just in the way I've built myself up right now, I need to do these things to take care of business. And I think that's part of being a husband. That's right. something her and I talk about is it doesn't do me any good as your husband if you're falling apart emotionally for me to fall apart emotionally. And it's not that I don't want to feel with you. Yeah. There's still business that needs to be attended to. And I take that responsibility a lot, but also not shutting off her ability that's what I was going to ask. To do yeah. her journey. That's yeah. the tough part. Man, well, salute to you for, for figuring that out at 33. Um, I was much closer to 40 before I became aware and more um, emotionally available to my wife. Mm-hmm. Again, I was the mechanics. If, if it looked a certain way, then I was doing it right. Yeah. I wasn't doing it right. But if I could make it look a certain way, if I could use certain words, um, it 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 feel like... I could justify my actions, which is always dangerous if you're not being honest with yourself. Yeah. How did um how did how long has does her mother live with you? She she's in she's in the, the area. Yeah. What at what point of the marriage were you when she had to put focus more attention on caring for her mom? This this it's kind of those things that comes and goes. Okay. At different times. Okay. Um but you know this most recently since it's like as soon as we moved here to the metroplex okay so it's been you know almost four straight maybe a little over four straight months yeah of this very high stress very yeah high like attention yeah required to deal with what needs to be dealt with and i understand it but it's it's tough because it does take you know it's just my wife and i yeah i get so it so it's we're used to doing things like we don't even have kids we don't have mm-hmm. a pet. So it's like we, and this is me speaking for me, I'm used to things trotting along at a certain yeah. pace in a certain way. How does this disruption, in, not in a negative sense, but how does this change to life pace change you? Like, do, Not in the terms of you have to do or act differently. Are you having to become somebody different to handle life at this point? Yeah. How's that working out? Uh, I think I'm about to say to be determined. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, it's it's a matter of, um, you know, thinking that you're listening and understanding, it, and then realizing that you're not listening and understanding. Yeah, or maybe you're not listening and understanding in a way that they will feel heard and understood. Yeah, which is. It's those nuanced things. Yeah. I, I I like to describe it like I feel I feel like a person with like Asperger's when it comes to emotions and yeah. being aware of them. Like I, I tend to bulldoze through emotions, yeah. even my own. Yeah, if like there's something I need to do, like, oh, yeah, I'll deal with that a little bit like later. Yeah, I got to get something done, but it's it's not good as a husband, and that's been the challenge of trying to figure out how to be. A present, listening, supportive husband that knows, that intuitively knows when to pick up 
certain slack. Right. And I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I don't I don't know that there's a manual I can refer you to. Yeah. Um it because it I your hyper awareness of you and things around you, I'm wondering, does that hurt your emotional relationships or impair your emotional relationships? Because for me, like I said, I, I was able to negotiate with myself mm-hmm. to make sense of it long enough for me to move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Are you truly getting through the things? Or are you compartmentalizing or negotiating with yourself and kind of talking your way out of dealing with the emotional aspect of? I think it's, those, it's always things. a struggle yeah. for me to know. It's hmm. really hard for me to know. In real time. Hmm. So uh, I'm a big advocate of therapy. And so I have therapists. Okay. And when I'm unsure, I'll ask my therapist. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm dealing with this, if I'm just compartmentalizing this. And also being whether there's times where both of those are useful things to do. Right. Depending on like what needs to happen. Yeah. Or feeling like, hmm, maybe I should feel strongly about this and I don't. And then what does that say about you as a husband, as a person? Oh, man. Genius at leading into where I'm going. What do you think of you at this point? Hmm. That's almost, can you you specify the question a little bit more? Um, Being aware when you need help is fantastic. It's happening to therapy getting input Mm. do you feel like you're implementing and making good use of the recommendations those conversations or are they just kind of i needed to go to therapy i recognize it i went to therapy box check Mm -hmm. so for me it's an ongoing for therapy so yeah uh, 10 years ago, just for a little bit of context, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder okay. maybe 12 years ago. Okay. And that like really rocked my world because I'm not a crazy person. Yeah. 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 So we won't go through that. Yeah. But yeah. I struggle with that. Sure. I'm not crazy. So it's like walking through, what does this actually even mean? And I look at therapy as a, as a person with a skill set to help me understand something about myself. Mm-hmm. And I will reach my use, my utility with a therapist. Like I've done it several times and that, I have to find somebody else to help me with the next part of the journey. Yeah. So, but when it comes to how I view myself from that perspective, you know, with my current therapist, we've been really talking about boundaries and boundaries being this way that, um, like the very definition of a boundary gives something definition. True. So as a person, yeah, my, my, Ability to set boundaries or my ability or my inability to set boundaries defines who I am in a relationship. Yeah. So early in my marriage, I didn't set any boundaries because for a number of reasons. But the long story short of that it was, I felt that setting a boundary in a relationship with my wife meant that I did not love her, that I could not show her love. Um. 
That you, to be clear, you don't feel that way now. No. Right. Why? Do, do, what, what do you think contributed to, to, to the reasons you felt that way at that time? It, grew, it went to how I grew up. Okay. With, this goes back to communication. Yeah. I have a dad that's very, my dad's a very strong man. Mm-hmm. Not a man of a lot of words. And he'll let a lot of stuff slide. Because my dad is like always watching. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, I saw what you was doing, but you know, I had, you know, I had to let you do you sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas my mom is like in the mix. So you have one parent's perspective that you don't really know. And then maybe one parent's perspective that you know too much of. Mm. So as a boy interacting with your dad being a man looks a lot like being agreeable. Gotcha. Keep the peace. Yeah. Okay. Or just like giving people this space that are close to you to do all these things. And you can know, like, I didn't realize until I was older, like how that can look to a person. And be like, So you saw me falling off the cliff and you just let me fall. Like, yeah. You had that conversation with your father? Yeah, my, my dad is interesting in that, like he'll like let you know. Yeah, like, like, you about to, you about to go off the deep end. I actually asked my dad that question. Yeah. Like, were there times where you watched me? You watched the train wreck, and he was like, "Yeah." And his response was so certain and matter of factly that it threw me off. Yeah. Like, like how how do you how do you do that? Yeah. Like what? But now I have adult children, or well, an adult child. And that's another podcast, but I, I, I interrupt. I, I, I think I think that's interesting. Like your father would give you those cues, but it doesn't sound like he was overbearing. No, not at all. My dad is like what I learned as I was adult is my dad gives all of his kids like he just has this awareness hmm. of who we are. Yeah. So I'll give you a story. My dad. My dad told us told me this before it happened because I'm like the oldest, so there's certain information I'm be privy to. Right. He's like, I always knew you would leave because you were just, he said, when you were two years old, is this something in you that I knew that when you were focused on doing something, you, you have to see it. You have to see it through. And you just had this thing about being obsessed with like how money works. At two. Yeah, like they used to have like a big, you know, like every black household has a huge thing of coins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it, water jug or yeah. the pickle jug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a five-gallon one. Yeah, yeah. And they'll pour out every day because I wanted to count it every day. Really? Because I wanted to know like different ways. Yeah. I wanted to know if I just closed my eyes, what money was what money. Sense it. Yeah. And also I had my great-grandfather. He was blind. Okay. So like he would teach me like sensory things. yeah. But I was just obsessed with it. He's like, and your brother, he's like a, he's comfortable. What's the gap between you and your brother? Nine years. And then another five. No, it's 14 between you yeah. and the youngest. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like, and your sister, very hard. She's the hardest working out of all of us. Like, we'll put the nose to the grindstone. But also, it needs a lot of uh, encouragement, security. She's not going to jump out there too far. 
on her own. And it's like that my dad has that awareness. Well, he gives us all the different sort of support that I think is helpful. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's like if you're too much in my, like I need my space to like figure it out. Gotcha. My brother's like, if you will figure it all out for me, have at it. That's okay. And my sister's like, I really want to try. Yeah. But I don't want to fall too far. So it's, I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. Whereas like on the other side that my mom is more like, tells you kind of who you are. Yeah. Uh, and then like, because you hear it, it's like you begin to believe that after a while. And then maybe like you realize, oh, wait a minute, I'm not. Like, it's really hard for my mom to understand how much me and my dad are alike. It's Why? hard for her. It's hard. Is it hard for her to understand or accept? Both. Mm. Because she was, this goes in what the original question was when you say, why did I feel that way? Yeah. Well, if I, I grew up with this behavior, and this is not a blame thing at all. It's the life. It's just yeah. like reality. Yeah. My reality that I grew up in this environment where I felt I could not challenge your opinion as my mother. And that carries over. How how a boy interacts with his mother and his father, or lack thereof, will influence how they interact with their spouse Absolutely. later. So for me, it was like this thing with women that I love to be like, well, I can't. I can't give you all these rules and tell you what you can't do. Yeah. So then she gets used to that. And then I realized, man, this is making me miserable. So I have to learn to set boundaries and realize that doesn't mean that I don't love you. Yeah. Or that you being uncomfortable as a result of me having a boundary. It might make you upset. But that doesn't mean that like we don't love each other anymore. That was really tough for me. It sounds simple to say, but that was it. I I completely it was a I completely part get of it. my being. Yeah, I I completely like that. Marriage is um I don't know if marriage taught me more about me or having children. I think they they taught me different things mm -hmm. for sure. But it, it's it's tough to um to deal with you as it relates to how you how your actions impact others. Immediately yeah. around you, those that you love, and you know, there are things that you want out of life that you may not have communicated, like you said, the boundaries of things like that. And then you you go for a space of time, and no boundaries is a boundary, right? It's that they're interchangeable, right? This is the way that we are. We either all over the place or we're disciplined. Both are structures, right? They're the same energy. Same energy. Great way to put it. Do you um do you want to be a father? I'm uh this is funny you asked me this. Because uh someone asked me this the other day. So my wife and I have been trying to have a child for a okay. number of years. It has not been successful for us. Okay. So my wife is about eight years older than me. Okay. So that comes with its own kind of inherent you know, yeah. challenges. Um when I was younger, I would have gone, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as I've gone through like more self-exploration and realizing what's really important to me, yeah, I'm very open to having a child, mm. to being a father. Yeah. At the same time, I wouldn't feel incomplete if I did not. Fantastic. And that's a, uh, that was a kind of hard for me. Yeah. And it can be hard to express to my wife. I've started to do that in the last year. Yeah. To be like, 
I'm going to support you because I know it's super important to you. Yeah. But it's kind of like to me, it would be a bigger dig to my sense of self to not pursue a business mm. because that's that's where I am right now. Gotcha. This is my truth. Very important to be honest with yourself, man. I don't, I don't know who, I don't know anybody that which, where the two things were true, where they planned to have a child and they were ready. Yeah. I haven't met that person. Um, so provided that that is what is intended for you and your wife and it makes sense, I, I, I definitely, um, definitely hope for the best. I would love to have a conversation if that were to change and uh, you find yourself in, in fatherhood. Yeah, I think we will, one yeah. way or the other. It's yeah, just yeah. a matter of how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also grew up in a family with like a lot of adoption. Foster. Yeah, so yeah, My yeah. little brother is actually like my cousin. Gotcha. There's I completely understand that. It's a very common black experience. <laughs> completely understand you know, that. With things going on, so he's my brother. Yeah, and that's what matters, right? You know, I have other people. So it's like, to me, you know, having a biological child is also not the only way that I would sure. find being a father. Sure. Um. But yeah, it's just one of those things of like, I look at, at my great aunt died uh, oh. about a month ago. Mm. And uh, my great aunt and my great uncle are my godparents. Gotcha. Also my uncle's godparents. And I realized at the funeral, they got a million godkids, right? They never had biological children, but they're very much parents. Yeah. I, and I, my, yeah, I was, I was about to expose somebody's business, but I, I, I recognize that. Yep. Yeah. And that makes sense. Um, and I, I so never realized ways. that about them yeah. until the funeral. Because that is my aunt and uncle. Yeah. And I just see them that way. Right. I don't know. As weird as it sounds. It's like, it just I never, doesn't sound weird at all. I never imagined them outside of my interaction with them. Yeah. Like, there's other people that know you. Yeah. It's typically how we walk through life. Look at the all these people. Yeah. These are my cousins. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's um before we wrap it up, man, I definitely want to give you some time to 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 um bring us into the world of business. I know you're doing some very successful things. We had some a, a bit of conversation before it started, and I didn't want to have too much because I wanted to kind of understand it in real time, but Let's let's help the people understand what you do in business and why this is important for me is because I want I want us to see that we can be a number of things, mm-hmm. right? And I'll preface it that we can be happy and successful and love what we do and f- be fulfilled. And I think your journey kind of taps on some of that, at least as I understand it. So, yeah. what, what do you what what is the business aspect of David Jones? So I'm I'm a person who loves business as the activity of business for sake. I'm let's, let's, let's let hold on, let's let that sink in. Cause you keep you drop you drop these things that make perfect sense, but you gotta you gotta process it again when you say it. You're a person that loves business for the sake of business. For the activity of for the activity of business. Yeah. Gotcha. Just for the sake of it. Gotcha. So I'm fairly agnostic when it comes to what the opportunity is. I'm also aware that I can't do all opportunities. Yeah. But I think most opportunities are interesting at some level or another. So for me, it's about my life has become, you know, younger it was about money. Mm. Then you make money and it's like, right. I'm not happy. Right. Then it was all about happiness. Then you're happy, but damn, no money. (laughs) Where the dollars at? Right. So I think it's it's really important to define what the actual goal is. Yeah. 
and and to realize there's really only one goal. There's not goals. And I'll I'll get to this for a moment. And it stems from the word priority. And that priority was a singular word until the 1800s. Okay. Because you can't have more than one priority. By nature, you're... Okay. Well, it's it's impossible. (laughs) And then we back into... I, this is where I get a little bit excited. So for let's you, let's do it, man. Of being like, our minds, your brain can only focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says; it's not possible. It can't multitask. A computer can't multitask. It switches very quickly and efficiently between tasks, but it can't do more than one at one time. Your brain works the same way. It's the order of things. Yep. So if you can't get clear on what your goal in life is, you'll never achieve. Anything approaching your goal. Yeah. Which leads into how do you set a good goal for your life, which is a goal of becoming rather than achieving. So that's a perfect goal. Yeah. Because it satisfies the two things that people need, something to strive for and something to keep you motivated while you're striving. So my business now, all that to lead into saying, I'm very interested in becoming the best business person that I can be. And what that means to me is how can I help an entity grow utilizing my lived experiences? So that's what my businesses are all about always. Yeah. Now, how you wrap that is actually not the business. That's marketing, branding. It's the delivery vehicle, but it's not the actual business. I'm only good at one thing when it comes to that. So not necessarily goals. You're on a life pursuit of would you say bettering bettering businesses by applying mm-hmm. your experiences, your get what it KSAs and all the skills and abilities. And because it doesn't matter what the project is, to a degree, you find the joy in the process. Yes. But there are projects that I'm well inclined for, which is all part of this journey of saying, for instance, if we're talking about the podcast, I think podcasting is incredibly interesting. Mm. Um, I don't know how much value I add to that directly. You'd be surprised. Right. But so you have more insight into that. Mm. So I would be like, okay, maybe I would be a good contributor in this space. Gotcha. But would I be like, would my skill set actually be the most appropriate thing to drive that business or industry forward in a meaningful, significant way? Yeah. And those are the questions I'm always asking myself. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, I'm in, I was an engineer, so I'm really focused on kind of uh, technical business problems. And also the development of a person in the technical business problem. That's what it all boils down to, to me, Mm. is as a business leader, I can come show you all kinds of tools and this thing on the internet and this technique. But if you're you're incapable of grasping what the concept does, the concept is of little good to you. Right. So I don't spend that. I always tell people, like, the tool will become clear when it's time. So what I could do with a hammer when I was five is very different than I could do with a hammer at 30. Make, yeah. 
whatever, right? Yeah. That, no, I, well, I, it hasn't changed. I, I, I agree with that. I, it's part of my responsibilities in the corporate space is implement, identifying and implementing tools and technology that make us more efficient, better, faster, smarter, um, increases productivity. That's how I like to frame mm-hmm. it, right? Get rid of people, right? Oh, Streamline. St- there you go. Increase, yeah, 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 yeah. increase the efficiency of your capital and your resources. Yeah, but it make but that's part of the struggle is that people want to jump to the tool, not understanding the gaps. Or I'll even back oh. up further. Why? Um I think when from my experience, when a group is formed to solve a problem, they have to say something. And oftentimes, if you say something and enough people agree with you, the assumption is that it's going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. No, you just got a bunch of people that are willing to do not the right thing at this time because they want to get rid of the project. They want to close the project out and call it a success. Um, that's really a, a good deal of my frustration in corporate. It's like, let's... Let's understand if our process even, if our business process even makes sense. Mm-hmm. Before we try to apply a tool, from my perspective, you got to actually understand and have a business process that makes sense for your business. Where it is then. Right. And also, this is where I challenge people. This is what blows up my consulting sometimes. Well, why is it a problem? Hmm. That's a question that in business is too little often asked mm-hmm. is... Why is it a problem if this person is here, if they're not here, if you grow or don't grow? And this is not like some loose thing. It's the most important thing. Yeah. It's the only thing, really. If you know why it's important or not important, it becomes so much easier to fix the problem. Because a lot of times you can just say instead of fixing the tool, you just don't need to do it. Yeah. Just stop doing it. It'll kind of be like, right, if you're dealing your business and you have an offering and it's like sucking, you can't make money at it. Yeah. Well, why are you even selling it? And there's good reasons. Like if you can walk through, like, oh, it's a loss leader because it's yeah, attached it to this, in, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But oftentimes people don't know. So, well, because it leads to something. Well, you don't know that. You don't know. What would happen if you stopped doing it? Probably nothing. Yeah. And no one would care. Yeah. Like like we didn't care when Apple stopped making iPods available to us. We did not. We didn't care. <laughs> we did not. But think about all the other companies that are not as inventive as Apple. And they yeah. think a lot about our user experience who keep offering us things yeah. that we don't care about, that we don't want. And they don't know why. Yeah. I think I think people, men specifically, attach their worth to their utility to somebody or something. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't make sense, that doesn't necessarily mean that you go away. It means that you might be able to do something more productive that grows and develops you, but people are attached and very protective of it. And at this point, I find that funny and some people don't like it. Not funny, but it's people always question whether I care. Mm-hmm. I say, why are, you, why are you asking that? Because you don't show emotions. My emotions are not going to solve the problem. The information, the way I process it, and the way I deduce what doesn't work to get to what works. That's what solves the problem. And, and it's like I have to teach them how to deal with me or how to how to understand 
it's not even necessarily understand me, but just give them the why of why I'm the way I am, what my personality is, because that's that that works for me. I can't be high and low and all over the place because yeah. because as you ascend the ladder, you run into more problems that are bigger, impact more people. Most of our vulnerability, correct, in business, yeah, because it's you're easy to read. Mm. If you're easy to read, you're easy to control. Yeah. If you're easy to control, well, how, how can you ever be sure that your decisions are effective? Yeah. Because who's driving the ship? You never know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, your emotions only serve one purpose. I forget where I heard this. They serve one purpose in Let's all of life. Let's hear it. That's to keep you alive. Your emotions are good at that. If you walked out this door and someone like ran up on you, your emotions. you're not going to think about it. You react. That's the only time where reactions are useful is when your life is at stake. Otherwise, the rest of humanity that we've created is a thinking world that's based off of responding. Therefore, it's useful to respond. Business is purely about responding to things. Yeah. I think that last piece, and I want to stop there because that's not just a business hack. That's a life hack. And it's a very tough thing to adopt. It's a it's a it's a growth thing. It's a maturity thing. And I'm quite honestly impressed that at 33, you see it that way, right? Thank you. I hope. I hope that. Um. As. As your relationships develop. As opportunities present themselves for your relationships to develop and to be deeper and to change you and shape you differently, I hope that you're that you stay open yeah. to those opportunities, yeah. right? And what I what I was asking earlier, it was reflection to me about the whole what do you think of you? Because some days I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm ten years up the block from you. I don't know if that gives you hope or gives you a heartache, but. Um, it's something that we have to be mindful of because the minute that we're not mindful of it, it becomes a norm that becomes difficult to undo. Yeah, you become a block yeah. of like this. Yeah. Life, what do, how do people say it? Life has made me this way and it just is what it is. Yes, that's- And that's not the point I ever, I've been there before. Yeah. I work very hard not to be there. Yeah. I don't want to be there again. Yeah, I've used it and I'm disappointed that I, that I say it and I have said it. As frequently as as I did. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for this conversation. I, I this conversation stretched me in a way that um that I need I need from time to time. So I appreciate that. Uh, let the people know where they can find you if they're looking for you. Uh, find me on Instagram at Coach Dave Jones. Same thing on YouTube. I'm just kind of getting into the longer form content space. Uh, be on the lookout on fa Facebook as well. Okay. So those are kind of the three primary areas that you can find me. Uh, my company is Forward Solutions, number four, W-A-R-D, Solutions Incorporated. Uh, you can Google me there. Hit me up. Got it. Uh, if it's appropriate for us to work together. So there's, there's ways that I'm harmonizing my coaching and consulting businesses now. Got it. To help people be equipped with the the, the thinking principles yeah that will benefit them in growing their their enterprises yeah thinking is a skill we'll have all of the information below 
no matter how you're consuming this. Uh, speaking of which, if you're on the podcast platforms, make sure you're following. Make sure that you leave a rating if that platform allows. That's what helps the uh, the content get noticed by other people that are like you, that will find it valuable. If you're on YouTube, hey, you've enjoyed the visual experience. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Again, that's how we grow. I prefer the organic growth. Uh, so refer this content to somebody that it will help. That's going to do it for this installment. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time.